Today is Time Change Sunday, and I say that on the point of it being, you know, daylight savings time, but I'm also saying it in the supernatural declaring, prophesying, and speaking over your life. Today is a Time Change Sunday. We are standing at the point, at the pivotal moment, we're about to see the hand of God move like we have never seen God move. 2020 was a year that at the beginning, the Lord, we felt prophesied to us, and this is going to be a year that we would see things we have never seen before. And we have seen things we have never seen before. I have seen the, you know, when the pandemic, I never thought we would see the world shut down in one day. In one day, not just a country, not the world locked down in one day. That but off of a, a virus, and we'd never seen a pandemic like that. Then we'd never seen, honestly, the nation turn in a civil unrest as they did. You say, okay, we always knew it was both. I know, we've always had these issues, but man, this year, it erupted all around, not just in America, it erupted around the world. We've seen things we've never seen before. It, the voices were crying, enough is enough. I don't know if we'd ever gotten to a point where we'd say enough is enough, but the world cried, enough is enough, and we saw that happen. We saw two hurricanes in the Gulf of Mexico at the same time, first time in history. That is crazy. We've seen all kinds of things that we've never seen before. And so just a couple months ago, I'm like, good Lord, Lord don't show me nothing else, God, because I haven't seen too much this year that I've never seen before. And going into this year, you need to know something. This has been a year that you've, we've seen things we've never seen before. You may be saying, Cricket, I've seen battles in my family. I've seen issues in my health. I've battled mental things in my mind that I've never battled before. You need to know something. The year's not over yet. Like Pastor Yvette said, Friday was a disappointment. And maybe you came out of October disappointed at what 2020's been. But he said, Sunday was doing it all broke loose. I spoke last week on the point of there are 61 scriptures in the Bible that speak of tragedy, dire situations, rough circumstances, wrongdoings, people being hurt, people being broken, people being sick. 61 scriptures. As a matter of fact, one in Acts said this. It said that Peter says, I saw Jesus die. Man, could you imagine watching your Lord die? On our end, it's like, yeah, he died because he rose. But that wasn't where Peter was. They'd never seen anybody die. And they'd never seen anybody raised like he did. And so, that was a dire situation. But it says, we saw Jesus die. But then the scripture says, but God. There's a scripture in Timothy that says, Everyone abandoned me, but God. Scripture in Genesis that says, My father-in-law ripped me off and cheated me out of what was mine, but God. Psalms 72, 23 says, My heart and my flesh failed, but God. 61 scriptures in the Bible talk about a tragic heartbreaking, disappointment issue that was broken, messed up, sick, dizzy. And then the Bible says 61 times it didn't end that way. 61 times it says, but God. Today is the day 
There are 61 days left in 2020. I'm here to declare there's a but God for every day left in this year in your life. God is going to move in a way you have not seen Him move. God is not going to lose this year. This is not going to go down in the record books as a year that we just got through. We're about to move into a season. We're going to see the hand of God move on our life. And so I'm going to jump right in and I'm going to prophesy for the next maybe 30 minutes. Then I'm going to pull back and I'm telling you, you say, well, Cricket, I, what, what do you mean, Prophet? I don't get, I'm about to declare, I'm going to speak words that God spoke to me. And as we speak them, we're going to see them come about. Amen. And so you say, well, Cricket, I'm going to have to see this. Just wait. Over the next 61 days, you're going to see it. Honey, you, you may not be a part of it, but you're going to get to see it. I've seen a lot of people go through a lot of things this year. I haven't seen anyone in my family, in our church family, not make it through. That's but God. But we're going to see but God go through. So we're you ready to jump on it. What's going to happen over the next 21 years? I feel like the Lord began to speak to me several weeks ago. And we're going to pick up in Acts chapter 2. And it says this. And it shall come to pass in the last days. You say, well, cricket, the last days, you know, I'm going to take this last days as the last 61 days of 2020. I'm going to declare this. It's going to come to pass over the next 61 days. Counting to we have 61 days left. 61 days of 2020. We're going to see this. It says, and it shall come to pass in the last days of 2020. It says in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. That's why I've been teaching. Today will be the last day I speak on pursuing the presence of God. Because I believe it's time to move into experiencing and seeing the presence of God from this day forward through the rest of this year. And I believe that today we're going to physically and mentally and spiritually and emotionally begin to see, sense, and hear God moving this year in a different direction. I'm calling this service Time Change Sunday. Your time is about to change. What the enemy has been doing in your life this year is talked about in Daniel chapter 7, verse 25. It says this, And he, being the spirit of the Antichrist, shall speak words against the Most High. What does that mean? That means this. That means that the devil's been telling you, man, you're just going to have to deal with this this year, man. The devil, that, you know, God's, God's there, but he's really not involved. You know, this is just part of life. Or this, the enemy's been speaking words against the Most High. What is a word against the Most High? Anything that's spoken or contrary to what the Word of God says. And the Bible says it's not going to keep getting worse for believers. The Bible says it is going to get worse, but God says grace is going to be even poured out more. The Bible says that our latter is going to be greater than our former. It's not going to, it's not over for us. It's not, 2020 is about to end in an amazing way. And the Bible says this, the Bible says that he's going to, when the last day comes, he's going to pour his spirit out on all flesh. You need to understand what that means. We've been talking about pursuing the presence of God because the most valuable, the best, the greatest use of time that you have is you pursuing the presence of God. You pursuing God in a way that when you run after him, you go after to not just go after him, but you go to catch him. 
Now, you don't have to catch him to get rewarded. We talked about this last week. The Bible says he's the rewarder of those that just diligently seek him. You getting up and coming to church today was an effort you put toward pursuing the presence of God. Because you, if you know anything about the church or the, or the Bible, it says where two or three are gathered together in his name, there he is in the midst of them. So you knew you just coming here, walking in here, the God presence of God would be here. The Bible says God and have his praise. So the effort you put into this morning, getting here, God's going to reward you for because you put effort into coming where you knew God would be. That's what you call seeking God. You go to where you know God's going to be, and you see if He's going to show up. And you say, well, Craig, how do you know? It don't matter if He shows up. The Bible says He's the rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. You just go that way. Well, what does that mean, Craig? That means if you just put in the effort, He will do all the rest. You draw near to Him, He'll draw near to you. The presence of God is here. You are not disappointed. Now, whether or not we take the next step, which is what we're going to talk about here in just a minute, but it's what God God's about to do, but understanding that the presence of God is the most powerful, the most greatest thing that God's ever made available to us on this planet. What it is, is if I will make sure that I stay connected to the presence of God, it opens the door to supernatural in my life. In the Old Testament, the children of Israel, every day that they got up and followed the presence of God, they would go in the cloud by day, fire by night, they would just walk out of their tent. And everything they needed was scattered all across the ground. That manna was laying there on the ground. They didn't have to struggle through life, look for ways to provide for themselves. The hand of God was at work. If you pursue God, God's hand is at work on your behalf. All right, then the Bible talks about what happens in the presence of God. We've not got time to get into that. I'm going to go through it real quick. Well, in the Bible, in the Old Testament, the presence of God was in a box, the Ark of the Covenant. You heard Justin talking about it just a bit ago. That's where the presence of God was. And in that presence, in that box, there were three things. There was the bowl of manna. That's, that means this. If you pursue the presence of God, you keep the presence of God a part of your life, God will supply all your needs. What you need, it will become His responsibility to take care of That's why the Bible says that He will supply all your needs according to his riches and His glory. Not your effort, not your talent. His hand is involved in it. So the manna was connected to the presence of God. Then in the, in the, um, the uh, Ark of the Covenant was a stick. A walking stick. Aaron's staff. Now you say, Cricket, what does that mean? This staff just wasn't any ordinary staff. It was an ordinary staff at one point. But that staff was taken, the Bible says, and they were going to choose a leader. So they called the 12 tribes of Israel together, pulled their leaders, and said, all right, we've got to decide who God wants to, to be a leader. And so Aaron was one of the leaders. So they took his walking stick, a stick that had been cut off from the life source, a stick that had been dried out, a stick that had been bent over and bound together to be able to hold its, its shape, and a stick that now had no life dried up and was just a tool that was being used by another man. That's what that stick was. But the Bible says they took it and they laid it in the presence of God overnight. And overnight, something happened. Because it was connected and in the presence of God, the Bible says life began to flow into that stick. And the next morning when they got up, what was seemingly impossible, there was no way for that stick to ever live again. It had been separated from the life source. There was no way that stick could ever produce life or fruit again. It had been separated and put out to die. And the Bible says that during the night, in the presence of God, it began to bud, it began to grow, it began to live, and it began to produce almonds. When you have the presence of God connected to your life, the parts of your life that have been cut off from life sources, maybe relationships, maybe finances, maybe you will find yourself beginning to live again in areas that you thought were so well past God. It's all shown through the Bible, like when, when Sarah was already barren to the she was old to the point where she was dried up on the inside and dead. But the Bible says it was the presence of God that awoken inside of her life 
destiny, and future. The presence of God brings all that. And so when I invest my time and my energy into being connected into the presence of God, it may not make any sense to you. Just sitting in this room this morning may not make sense to you how what I'm preaching about, you may not care, you may not understand, but you sitting here in the presence of God, the power and the life source of the presence of God is working in your life, just like last week there in the, in the project center. That lady, she was, she was so funny to me because she's sitting there and she... She said, I don't even know why I'm crying because what was happening was life source was flowing inside of her and me and her were joking about drinking. You know what I'm saying? I mean, but she couldn't control it. She's like, because like, well, the food truck pulled up. I got to tell the story. Food truck pulled up and she was like, hey, you got any cold beer in there? I said, well, when I, I don't get no cold beer. I said, but you never know. I said, because you know, we're, we're expecting Jesus to show up here tonight. I said, but we got a bunch of water. And Jesus was at a party just like this one time. And when he showed up, all their water turned to wine. So we have no idea what's going to take place. It's only that way, but then all of a sudden tears just broke down her face. That was the presence of God. Life began to heal things on the inside. She called me after we left there and just wanted to thank me for what had taken place. It wasn't me, it was the presence of God. Life in your life, parts of your life that you've got this far, she told me, she said, I know I have a call of God on my life from when I was just a kid. She said, but I thought those dreams were gone and dead. I thought those times were past. But she knew that night that they weren't. That's what happens in the presence of God. The presence of God begins to bring life back into parts of your life that are dead. But then also in that box were two tablets, two tablets that were what we usually tend to think of being bad. They were the, the Ten Commandments, the law of God. Now you say, well, God, goodness, there goes the hard part. No, the reason why the law of God was in there is because the Bible says this. When, when you're in the presence of God, you're connected to not the rules of the law, but the power of the law. What the power of the law is this. The Bible says, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. You may not can quit sinning. You may not can get away from this thing that's held you bound. You may not can get free from what it is that world has attached to you. And you can't, you want to. That scripture says, that thing I don't want to do, I do. And that thing I do want to do, I don't. You may be stuck right there, but I'm here to tell you, when you're in the presence of God, it's the power of the law. It's the power of God's word. The commandments have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. And it gives you the ability to walk away from sin. The presence of God is something you can't live without. I can't imagine going through my life without it. There have been times I tried to get away from it, but I'm so thankful I serve a God that, like David said, I can go to the highest of the high, and there he is. I can go to the lowest of the low, and there he is. He says, where can I hide from your presence, O Lord? I go to the deepest of the sea, and you'll come get me. That's what God does, and he knows that you can't make it without his presence. Let me read scripture to you here. In Acts chapter 17, it says this. It says, so that they should seek the Lord. That's what we're talking about, putting effort into pursuing the presence of God. Check out what comes out of it. In the hope that they might grope for him. It says, all right, the ones, it says they, that they may seek the Lord in hopes that they may get him. It didn't say get him. It says just in a hope that they may. It says this, and find him, though he is not far from each one of us. Now check this out. This is the importance of the presence of God. It says, for in him we live, we move, and we have our being. Everything about you was made to be connected to the presence of God. If you're stuck in life, pursue the presence of God. If, if you, you, you have no life in you, you feel like it's all brokenness and, and despair and no hope to pursue the Prince of God. Life begins to come back in. Because in that presence, you will live, 
not just survive, live. You will move. You will go forward in life. You will take ground. You will accomplish in life. And it says you will have your being. Everything that God wants you to be, you will become connected to the presence of God. Amen? But what happens when you're connected to the God, to, to the presence of God? A phenomena called the glory of God will come on you. You say, well, Cricket, what is the glory of God? Well, one of the best pictures of the Bible of the glory of God is when Moses climbed up on the mountain and was in the presence of God. When he came down, the Bible says that the glory of the Lord was upon him in such a manner that they could not even look at his face. It transformed what he looked like. It transformed the way people saw him. It transformed how people were able to even tolerate seeing him. So they had to hang a veil over his face. What are you saying, Cricket? I'm saying this, that the whole purpose God needs us to be connected to his presence is so that he can put his glory upon us. Because what the glory of God is, it's validation to the world that God is alive. It is valid because, you know, you, you've probably seen it. Probably people said it to you. You know, you'll go to church and you'll come back home and you'll, you'll be acting normal at home and stuff. And, you know, husband or wife might say, you know, I don't know why you go to church. It doesn't do anything for you. You're still the same old person that you led. You went there. Yes. I want you to know something. They, they're not seeing the glory of God because just being a, going and doing that is not enough. What you have to do is you have to connect to God while you're there. And when you get into the prayer, what will happen is, is God will validate to the people that he's alive. He will validate. In other words, he wants to come on you and wants you to be in his presence at such a point that when you walk out of here, they don't have to question, is God alive? They know because the glory of the Lord that sits upon you. But what is that result? That means you get your socks blessed off. That's how the glory is, is manifested. I mean, it changes the way you look, changes the way you talk, changes the way you feel. It changes everything about you. The glory, it causes you to become the image of God. They see God instead of you. And there's no denying the fact you can't put anybody in the presence of God and have them come out and there not be a change in them. And they, people can see that change. There's probably people in your past that if you went back to today and you, they spend any time around it, they go, I can't even believe you're the same person that I used to know. I know that a lot of people think that about me. And I can't, I can't take the credit. All I can say is this. I was in the presence of God. And look what he did. That's what you call glory. And that's what you get out of the presence of God. Now let's jump into this. All right. I read the scripture that says, in the last days I'm going to pour out my Spirit upon all flesh. What are you saying? What I'm saying is this. We're about to move into a time that time's about to change. This year, 2020, been a rough year in every sense of the word, even going into every part of our nation. But time's about to change. The Bible said there in Daniel chapter 7, 25, it said this. It said that he will speak words against the Most High. The next part of that scripture says this, to wear the saints out. How many of you guys have felt worn out this year? As a man, I tell you, it's been a battle. Everything this year seems like it's been a battle. It's been about the, the enemy has been at work trying to wear the saints out. Why? Why is the devil trying to do that? Well, it says it in that scripture. It says this, so that he can change the times and laws. Even the devil understands that we're at a moment of time change. 
Now, it's not coincidence to me that it's daylight savings time today. It's not coincidence to me there's 61 days left in this year, and there's 61 but gods. In 2020, we're going to see God move. I don't believe in coincidences. I believe that God makes all things work together. It's amazing how it does. But today is Time Change Sunday, and you're going to get to make the choice. Are you going to let the devil change your time? Because that's what the Bible says. He's, he does this. He wears the saints out to change the times and the laws. Or are you going to allow God to change your time? I'm decide, I've decided this year I'm going to allow God to change my time. You say, well, how can that be, Cricket? What are you talking about? Here the Bible says this, and it shall come to pass in the last days. God says, I will pour my spirit out on all flesh. It says this, your young men shall see visions, your old men will dream dreams, and on my male servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they shall prophesy. I will show wonders in heaven above, and signs in earth beneath, the blood and the fire and the vapor of smoke. And the sun shall be turned to darkness, and the moon into blood, before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You say, girl, let me tell you what the presence of God is. The presence of God is described in the Bible in different ways, but it is like into a liquid. The Bible says that the presence of God is like a river. In Ezekiel, it says this. It says, an angel of the Lord took me up, and I saw flowing out of the altar. From the altar flew, or from the throne flew a river, and the river flew flowed past the altar, and flowed past the altar, out the tabernacle, and it came down into the valley. And this is what the Bible says. The Bible says, an angel took me in and had me step in knee deep, pulled me in or ankle deep, knee deep, waist deep, to the point where I was completely over my head. And the Bible says, then the river flowed on down through the valley, and it says, everything that it touched, it brought life to. The trees and the herbs that were dead began to flourish. The Bible says, then all of a sudden, fish began to fill the fill the rivers and the waters, and life began. And it said that people were standing on the side, catching bountiful parts of harvest, and the trees that were coming alive were bearing fruit. And that's a representation of the presence of God. The, the presence of God is like a liquid. It can be poured. Not only can it be poured out, another way to say it is you can be filled up. This is not the first time in history we're about to move into one of these pouring your spirit out upon all flesh. This would just be the greatest. If you go to Acts chapter 1, I'm going to go right to 1. It says this. It says, And being assembled together with them, commanded them, I'll, I'll paraphrase for the sake of time. Jesus called his disciples together. He said, Listen, I want you, I'm about to leave, but before I leave, I'm going to send someone to you. It's better that I go, that I can send the Holy Ghost to you. And then it says this This is what I'm going to do. I need you to go tarry in Jerusalem. I need you to go there and wait. See, from verse 7, it says this. And he said to them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons. That was a time and a season. That was a time-changing moment. Jesus told 500 people to go up to the upper room. Out of 500 people, 120 of them realized the moment that they were standing in, and 120 went to the upper room. And the Bible says when they were in, when the upper room, let me read it to you because this is the title of my message. In Acts chapter 2, verse 1, it says, And when the day of Pentecost had fully come, in other words, when the pouring out was about to happen, when it, had, it says, They were all with one accord. One translation says this, When they were all in one accord, it says the Holy Spirit came into the room like a mighty force and wind. And it said, and it blew in and tongues of fire lit upon their head. And it says, and when they received the Holy Spirit, they received power. We're in one of those moments. I believe this day forward for the rest of this year. 
We're going to be in a moment of an outpouring starting today. Whatever you've been facing with, but God is greater. God is stronger. God's about to change this thing. Now, the thing about it was this. This could not and did not happen until what it says there. It says they were all in. So today, I'm just going to take a few minutes and we'll go real quick. And I'm going to teach on the principle of if you're going to be a part of this, you're going to have to be all in. It says until they were all in one accord. Now, the terminology all in is a poker term. That's where people are gambling and trying to win and there's a chance they don't. But when they know they got the winning hand, they take everything they got, they slide it across the table and they say, I'm all in. Because they know there's no way they can lose. We're in an all in moment in history for this year. There's no way you can lose at this moment by going all in. Let me explain to you a little bit more about what all in means. We're at a moment in this year. We've been all, so many people have been waiting for 2020 to get over. I can't wait till 2021. I got to be honest with you. I wouldn't, don't want to miss the next six, 61 days of year 2020 because I've gotten this far in 2020 and I don't want it to end this way. I'm ready to see God turn the game on my favor, on my behalf for our nation, for our church, for our city, for our people. And God's about to move in a way that you can't even imagine. As the, as he moved in times past, the Bible says he's going to move greater in the last days. And so we're about to see God pour himself out. Now, the thing about it is, are we going to watch it? Are we going to be it? Now, to understand really what the terminology all in means, I'm going to go to a food terminology. How many of you guys love ham and eggs? Man, it's like whoever put that together. I'm not saying green ham and eggs. I'm saying ham and eggs. Um, green eggs and ham, that's what it is. But it's in ham and eggs. I mean, it's like God made those two things to go together. What an amazing meal. You sit down and get to eat. But the thing about it is, see, the, for you to get ham and eggs, there are two levels of commitment there. See, for to get ham and eggs, it took two animals being involved in this thing. It took a chicken that was a part, and it took a, a pig that was all in. And there's a difference between being a part of something and being all in. Because going into this next season, God is looking for a church. God is looking for people that will say, I understand for God to come, to God for, to change this thing, for God to use and do what His heart is to do, and for God to have His reign here on earth. You say, well, cricket, God can do what He's sovereign. No, Bible says that we have a part to play. That's why we're to pray. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth that it is in heaven. We pull God's will out of heaven onto this earth. He gave us the dominion of this thing. And so, God, yeah, in heaven, everything works the way God wants it to. Here, it only works if you let it. That's why Jesus even had to pray, not my will, but your will. So the question is, going into the rest of this year, if you want this year to stay the same, then you've got to stay the same. If you want this year to change, you're going to have to go all in. You say, well, what does that mean, Cricket? What does, what does all in mean? Let me read it to you like this. In Colossians 3, verse 17, it says this. And whatever you do in word or deed. So, right, so it went into great deal here to explain it. Word, what comes out of your mouth, and deed, what you do with your hands on the job at home. Word and deed, do it. It says, do all in. It's going to take you being willing to be everything you are. Doing it for what God wants you to do it for. 
That means your job becomes his job. That means your assets become his assets. That means your family becomes his family. That means everything that you are, everywhere that you go, you give this to the Lord. That, it's kind of extreme. What's well, 61 days to see the glory of God fall on your life to where people can't even recognize you? Would it be worth it to go all in? Let me, let me jump back on this real quick. You say, okay, okay, but I, you're not making a whole lot of sense. Let me go back to um, Genesis chapter 2, verse 43, and then I'm going to close this, okay? It says, this is the history of the heavens. This is one of those life-changing scriptures right here. Most people overread this because we just came out of the Jesus describing creation. Then all of a sudden, after he described creation, he jumps into this. He says, and this is the history of creation. And the earth when they were created. In the day that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. Before any plant of the field was in the earth and before any herb of the field had grown. That means before anything that could produce fruit or produce harvest on the earth had grown. This is what it said. It said, for the Lord God had not caused it to rain on the earth. It said this, it said... And there was no man to till the ground, but a mist went up from the earth and watered the whole face of the ground. And the, God, and the Lord God formed a man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. Let me try to break down what I believe the Lord is telling me here. Over the last 2020, we have watched our nation go what I call under siege. In 2 Kings chapter 4, the Bible says that the, the land of Judah came under siege. We've watched the devil try to do that this year because he's trying to prevent and change the times that are about to come about. The Bible says they, the enemy surrounded Judah and they put them under siege. Now, the siege, uh, an attack of siege is an attack of time. It's not a weaponry. It's not a fight. An attack of a siege is an attack of time. The enemy surrounded Judah and they decided, all right, we're going to use time against them. And this year, the enemy tried to use this year against the church, against our nation, against time of God's move on this earth. And we've watched us go into siege. We've watched over the last years where the churches had to draw back into homes and just participate through online. We've watched how people still haven't been able to come back on the church because of the siege that the enemy has been. He thinks, if I can just get them for enough time, but I'm here to declare that we got 61 days this year the devil don't get, but God's about to turn it. So he put them under a time. And it's just like what happened here. The Bible says things got so bad during that siege that men were reduced to eating donkey's heads and dove dung. That's how bad it got into. They, and that's exactly where we are. Right now, it's been a siege of time. 2020 has been a, day, a year of time that then has just been waiting to see to hold us back long enough. And what he's done is he's got us down to resorting to just feeding on donkey's heads. What are donkey's heads? Donkey's head is living by the thoughts and the ways that men think are right. It's nothing to do with the Spirit. We, we, we've been watching this whole thing this whole year. Men trying to figure out what to do or how to get through. We've been living on the thoughts of man or the thoughts of the world. That is donkey head. Doing it man's way. But then I've watched the church try to survive on dove's dung. 
What is dove's dung? Dove's dung is just evidence that a dove was once there. And I've watched the church this year get put under siege. And what they've done is they moved to a place to where they, instead of it being a fresh relationship through this siege with those, we have pulled back and we're just, we're, we're looking for God in, the, in places that where God once was. And so we're going into religion. There, there's people pulling back religiously and they're, they're going through the motions, they're going through the habits. But I'm telling you, God's pouring out His Spirit on flesh so that you don't have to just go through the motions. He never intended on you living on past experiences of where the Holy Ghost once moved in your life. I'm thankful for those. I can see how God used those. But He's wanting to have a fresh anointing on your life. He's wanting to have a fresh experience with you. That's why He's willing to pour out His Spirit. And if we will understand that we don't have to live on just man's way of thinking, and we don't have to live on just past experiences where evidence where God worked in our life in the past, but God's about to do a new thing, the Scripture says. We're going to move to a place, the Bible said this, there were four lepers sitting at that gate, and they realized, man, God, yeah, this ain't good. We don't want to live on donkey's head and dove's dung. Then the Bible said they began to devour their own children in that city. It got bad. That's what we've watched. We begin to watch our nation's children devour one another. We're right there. But things are about to change. The Bible says there were four men at the gate. They said, if we just stay in the city and do nothing, then we're going to be just like this. But it says, so let's get up and let's start going somewhere. Let's start doing something. The Bible says they began to move. When they began to take steps, the Spirit of God began to move with them. The presence of God began to work. And the Bible says the enemy that had them under siege, sitting in their camps, began to hear the mighty move of God. And it sounded like hundreds and thousands of soldiers coming up against them. And it scared them to such a point, they took off and ran and left everything on on the ground. This is what the scripture says. In Genesis 2, 4, 3, it says, and this is the history of the heavens and the earth. It says, before they plant in the field, before you're going to reap a harvest this year, it said this. It said, and before anything, the Lord God had not caused it to rain on the earth. It said before, so that was about to change. Because if there's a before, then there has to be an after. And so it says, before God did it, God hadn't caused it to rain. What had happened was water, it says mist would come up from there. And people had existed on what God was bringing into their life from the ground. And there's a generation in the church now, and it's us, that haven't really seen an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Most of the generations that have seen the last outpouring of the Holy Spirit, they've, most of them have passed on and went away. This generation, my generation, we've heard about it. But most of us have experienced God moving in our life and providing it, and we're experiencing God like a mist from the ground. But I'm here to tell you, there's more. And there's more coming. And the Bible says this. It said, but he couldn't do more. It says, because. He said, but a mist went up from the ground. Oh, it says, for the Lord had not caused it to rain on the earth, and there was no man to till the ground. It said, but a mist went up. So, well, I'm, I'm here to tell you, I'm going to be honest with you. What you've been living on is a mist. What we've been living on, what's got us this far is a mist. The experiences you have got is a mist. But I'm here to tell you this. There's a rain coming. Just a few chapters over in this scripture, the Bible says God found a man. And he found a man whose family pleased the Lord. And he found a man that God could use to save the human population. He found a man that God could use to do the work that he had called his hand to do. He found a man that would provide a place for his animals to come in. And the Bible said, and then, 
the heavens opened and the rain poured and the earth was flooded. What are you saying, Cricket? The Bible said this. The Bible says the rain couldn't come because there was no man to plow the ground. But it said then what he did was, it says he formed a man. You need to understand, you're that man. You are the one that God has been forming. You are the one that was born in this time in history for God to use. You are the one. You are exactly the way God wants you to be. You are exactly who God wants you to be. You are exactly have the personality. You have the talent. You are the man that God has formed. And this is what the Bible says. The Bible says, and then God placed him in a garden. God has planted you in this church. Or God has planted you into your family. Or God has planted you, put you here. Because you're the one who wants to make a difference. And the call to you today is this. Will you be a rainmaker? Because if it's dependent on a man, before God can pour His Spirit out, the question He's asking today is, will you do it? Will you be the rainmaker? Say, well, what does that mean, Cricket? That means, are you willing to go all in? Are you willing to quit being involved? Are you willing? You say, well, what is being a rainmaker? What is being all in? Let me read to you. Here, all in means this. You understand that it's your invitation. You're invited. It's not for anybody else. It's not for the pastors. Everyone in here is called. Every one of you, you're called to do something for God at this moment because time to change and history to shift. It's a, you are the one. You've been invited. It's not for everyone else, it's for you. Number two, you got to understand that you're included. You have to make the decision that you're not going to let this one pass you by. You're going to stand up, take your position, and you're going to be used by the Lord. Number three, you're going to be, you're going to be invested. You're going to be willing to put in what it takes to plow the ground. The Bible says that there was no one willing to put in the sweat, no one willing to put in the tears, no one willing to put in the time. There was no man, not just to show up, but to till the ground. God is waiting on a man to say, God, use me as a rainmaker. I'm going to be willing to be invested. Are you in tune? What does in tune mean? The Bible says there in the last pouring out that we've experienced in history is when God poured out in Pentecost. It says, until they were all in, one accord. In other words, you can have a million different opinions, but you're all doing it for the same purpose. We've got to get to a place where we're in unity. When we move into unity, we become in tuned. And then you've got to get involved. You can't wait for everyone else to do it. You have to take the responsibility and the ownership of that God's about to use me to cause a pouring in my family. God's about to use me to bring a pouring of His presence on my job. God's about to use me. And I'm going to be the one that will be the one that will step into my job, step into a church service and be all in. What does all in actually contain? Number one, to be all in. The Bible says there was no man to plow the ground. The Bible says praise. You saw what this praise team did up here today? That was not easy. That was not easy. They were radically praising. That's tough. You say, well, they like that. No. Nobody likes having to step out on faith in God and do something radically for Him. It's not a comfortable place. But we have a praise, and I love being a part of church that will radically praise because they're willing to be all in. They don't care what anybody thinks. They don't care about what anybody else does. It's them, and the way they do it proves they're going to go all in. 
I felt it breaking. We didn't have that in the first service. We were building to I felt it break in this service. And I prophesied, some of you are going to walk out of here today, and even this week you're going to begin to see things change, shift in your marriage, in your family, on your job that you can't even explain. It's because you were all in. And when you were all in, your praise became at another level. i got to be honest with you. You know, have you ever praised with your all? The Bible says God is great and greatly to be praised. The Bible says we enter God's gates with thanksgiving, enter His courts with praise. Maybe you've not been able to experience the presence of God because you've not greatly praised at a level to get through the door. The Bible says that He is great and greatly to be praised. What does that mean? That means you give it everything you've got. You do it the very best you can. You do it without any hose barred. David did it, and the Bible says he was in a bad marriage. <laughs> the Bible says he danced before the Lord with all his might, and his clothes fell off. But you know what? By the end of that dance, he was delivered from a bad marriage. Amen. I'm not saying you can do that. I'm just saying this. I'm saying you need to be set free. Praise God to a level that you have never praised Him before. Go all in. And then when you get there at that moment of praise, then you have to be willing to go all in in worship. What is all in in worship? Praise is when you sing about God. It gets God to come. And so you don't have to just keep inviting Him in, inviting Him in, inviting Him in. At some point, to be all in, in your praise, with everything you have, with everything. The Bible says, worship the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength, with all your might. Give it everything you've got. You will push through the door of His presence. And then when you get there, you don't have to just settle with being in there. Then it must shift to worship. Praise gets God to come. Worship gets God to move. You say, well, what's the difference? What's the difference? Praise is about God. Worship is to God. When you make that, you'll know. You'll feel it. You'll feel the presence of God come in. And when it does, you have to shift. Go all into worship. You have to become nothing. He has to become everything. You don't worship God to get shoes. You worship God because you have feet. You don't worship God to get. You worship God because He is. Then the next step to be all in. You have to be willing to move into a place where the Word is not just a part of your life, but the Word becomes your life. In other words, when you're all in, you'll get in the Scripture. You just won't memorize. good to memorize. But the truth of the matter is it does you no good. The devil has memorized the Scripture. To be all in the rest of this year, you're going to have to take Scriptures that you know, and you're not just going to be able to know them. You're going to have to do them. You're going to have to not just know what it says. You're going to have to become what it says. You have to be all in with the Word. You just can't speak it. You have to live it. That's how glory begins to come on your life. When you become what the Word of God says, God begins to be seen sitting and resting upon you. Then you have to move into the area of commitment. Over the next 61 days, I prophesy and I declare over you today, your commitment will determine the amount of blessing God can bring in the rest of this year. The Bible says, For I know in whom I am persuaded that He is able. Meaning God can do it. God can change Him. God can heal you. God can deliver that. God can set you free. God can do that. I know God can, but it says this, To keep that which I have committed unto Him until that day. Meaning, if you're all in, your commitment level is going to have to go up. What does that mean, Cricket? What does that mean? That means this. If you're committed to something, there's no such thing as an excuse. I'm committed to my wife. If I ever go date another girl, there's no excuse that will okay that. Or that means I'm not committed to my wife. You need to understand something. Commitment 
means you don't have an excuse. I don't have an excuse not to be there on Sunday. I don't have an excuse not to get up and pray. I don't have an excuse to talk this way. I don't have an excuse to be, well, he made me so mad I couldn't help but say it. That's an excuse. The devil made nobody do nothing. It was always a commitment level. And lastly, to go all in. If you want 2020 over the next 61 days to shift and be a time change in your life, it's going to you have to be all in in your love walk. What does that mean? The Bible says there are three things that remain. Faith. You can have faith all day long. This is going to be the greatest end of a year you've ever seen. You can have hope all you want to that this thing can shift and move. But the Bible says if you don't have love, out of these, the greatest is love. You're going to have to make the choice this year that you're going to go all in in the level of your love walk. You're going to have to let the glory of God come and rest on you in a point that he's not ashamed in the way that you love the people around you. You're going to have to understand that his glory will sit on you when you can love people the way he loves them. You can love people for who they are, not who they should be. You can love people for what they, they God sees in them, not for what they've done to you. You move to a place where you make the conscious choice to move into a love walk like Jesus said walk. He said, turn the other cheek. See, I always used to take that scripture. I'll do it. Somebody hit me on the cheek, I'll turn. But when I do, they better understand there's a windmill coming back at them. I, I added all kinds of things to the scripture. The rest of this year, you will not have an excuse. It's going to be about your love walk. If you're all in, you'll love like you've never loved before. Does that mean letting people walk on me? Sometimes. Sometimes. There's a story. We don't have time to get into it. I'm done. There's a story in the Bible about a rich young ruler that he came to Jesus and he said, Lord, what do I got to do? And Jesus said, well, keep the Ten Commandments. And he said, oh, I've been doing that forever. Some of us have been living this way forever. We've been doing it since we were a kid. We've been doing this walk, this, this level, this involvement, this church, this relationship for years. And then Jesus said, but there's another level. You're going to have to go all in. And all in means everything you have is at his disposal. And if he says it, you do it. And then when you make that choice, I'm, I will prophesy before you today. Today, your history will change this year. Everything the enemy has tried to do, this is what the Bible says. The Bible says that the Lord has come to seek and save the lost. How many of you guys have heard that scripture before? That's not what it says. It's not what it says. We've been taught wrong. The reason why he wants to pour himself out on all flesh, because this is what the Bible says, he has come to seek and save that which was lost. It's more than your salvation. This year, when he pours his spirit out on all flesh, everything that the enemy has taken from you, God will be involved in getting back for you. If you can come all in, if you will pursue what God has called you to pursue, if you will make sure that the next 61 days, you're walking a greater love walk, you're walking a greater commitment walk, you're walking a greater praise life, you're worshiping at a deeper level, you're giving it everything you got. 2020 will be the greatest year you have ever experienced. He will pour His Spirit on all flesh and He will he will preach. The Bible says the Spirit of the Lord has come upon me. He's told me to preach God, the gospel to the poor, to open blind eyes, to set the captives free. You're about to see miracles happen in your life like you've never seen before if you can go all in. You say, well, what does all in look like? 
all in looks like this. I'm about to show you. We're going to close. And if you're here and you say, yeah, I understand what you're saying. And I mean, I know I love God, but there's this part of me that I know I've not been all in. I, I mean, I, there's these things that I've, I've held on to and I thought it was okay. It was okay to be the chicken. It's not okay to be the pig. And so if you're going to be the pig and you're going to be committed, you're going to be all in. There's certain things you're going to have to lay down. There's certain people you're going to have to wake away from. There's certain energy and effort. You're gonna, Cricket, does it really matter if I raise my hand? If you're all in, it does. Does it really matter if, if uh, you know, if I don't get involved in that, sir, I don't get radical? If you're not all in, it does. See, all in takes a little more than what we're comfortable doing. All in takes an uncomfort. But if you can get an all in, then God gets to be in control. Amen?